Hey, this is Hunter Henry of the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Welcome in everyone, this is the Full 10 Yards Podcast, where every yard counts. Uh, thanks to Hunter Henry there for the lovely introduction for today's show. Uh, four downs we have on today's show, uh, free agency sign-in as well to announce, we'll be with that very shortly indeed. But our four downs today is going to be, first down is going to be some news and notes, second down is going to be draft prospects looking at running backs, wide receivers and a couple of tight ends there as well in the upcoming draft. Just taking a little, the low down if you like, a minute or two on each of those. Third down is the quiz. We are, we've got our champions, if you like, our joint champions from last season. So we're going to start separating the men from the boys. And then fourth down as well, just a bit of opinion, a bit of discussion on Antonio Brown and uh, the Green Bay stuff that's all been coming out over the last couple of days. No doubt uh, some interesting points there all to take. Taking it all through us, uh, of course, Lee Wakefield joins us as usual. Lee, how, how have you been? Uh, yeah, not too great. No. <laughs> you were, you were not, you were pointing out that I'm always ill, and yeah, but not been too well again. But yeah, nothing, nothing serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on the mend again. So on, yeah, no, I'm good. On, on on the mend again. That is great to hear. And uh, t- time to announce our next uh, free agency sign. Obviously, we had Thomas Robey last week from the article standpoint. Um, but we welcome in uh, Rob Grimwood from uh, across the fantasy ponds, uh, who uh, free agency signing. We said we uh, signed him up to to a one year deal. Um, yeah, <laughs> d- details to be to be thrashed out. But Rob, we uh, well, we welcome you on. Thank you. It's a one-year prove-it deal, I think. Uh, Prove-it deal, indeed. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to prove myself, and uh, hopefully you'll have me back. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, for those that you don't know Rob, um, he's obviously just had a a young young child uh, recently as well. So how's how's fatherhood treating you? Red Bull is your best friend. Uh, I'm going to put that out there. It's getting me through the day. No, he's he's actually really good, uh, and it's uh, it's good fun. It's good time. So yeah, absolutely loving it at the moment. Um, but yeah, he's keeping me on my feet. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what uh, what is he going to be a, a, a future cult? Uh, yeah, he, well, the the doctors did say he's really powerful. He's a really strong kid um, for for a five week old. So he's definitely going to be a, a tight end or or a lineman. I can <laughs> see it now. Um, so yeah, he's, he's going to be a cult for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get him there. <laughs> right, right, right. Guard Grimwood. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah has a has a good. Yeah, that, just, that, that just sounds like he's part of a deodorant commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Um, lovely stuff right before we get into first down just a couple of bits of housekeeping to get through don't forget we our competition runs out on Monday where you get to win uh, an NFL gift box from my touchdown box a team of your choice a very worthy prize to win so head over to our twi- uh, uh, head over to our social media media even at full 10 yards um, also we're, st- we're still going Lee aren't we through the uh, where do they go from here articles NFC East mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. you uh, you weren't very weren't very uh, optimistic about my Cowboys were you I think I was, you know, I think it comes down to Jason Garrett at the end of the day, you know, big fan of the pod. I know we're big fans of him as well. Mm. Uh, I think I'd be more optimistic if you'd given in the boot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think I was pretty complimentary in places about Dallas Roster, especially having some cornerstones. So, uh, yeah, you know, you know, uh, give it this year, get him out of the way, get a new coach, get someone more inspiring in there. Mm. The clapping will reduce, so maybe Dallas's standing will increase. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, Washington tomorrow, New York Giants on Friday. They will be both written by me. But yeah, go back and check. Philadelphia was yesterday and uh, the Dallas Cowboys on Monday. And then finally, if you're anyone in the Scotland area, um, we are we are hosting along with uh, the NFL Scotland and the uh, American Football Cast 
Um, yeah, the, the the tour party after after the the tour uh, over in Edinburgh next Thursday, we uh, we're hosting over at the Golf Tavern. So anyone in in the Scotland area, come over and and say hello. All things being equal, let's go to first down. First down. A couple of bits of news and notes to get through. Uh, I want to start off by just talking about the obviously the uh, the AAF obviously folded. We talked about that last week, but uh, also the international uh, allocation uh, of you know some teams have been getting uh, some players. Obviously, Christian Wade has, has been allocated to the Bills, uh, and I, I likened it. I, th- I thought of all this uh, you know, AAF and infiltration and all this international allocation guys, and I couldn't help but think of the uh, the ISIS Pro 64 football game uh, back in the day on the N64, where yeah, you, had, you did a substitution and you had uh, fresh blood is coming in and um, <laughs> there we go if anyone anyone old enough to remember isis pro 64 um should hopefully hopefully get that reference if not uh, i've just wasted 30 <laughs> seconds of your time but uh what do, what do you make of the the af signings over to the to the nfl guys and obviously the international allocations rob are we expecting anyone to to make the cut uh, to be completely honest with you, I haven't taken much interest in the AAF, so uh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Lee's probably going to wrap this up nicely, but I, I, I don't know of anyone other than Johnny Manziel, and I don't think he's going to get a job in the NFL anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, it. that's a lit firework if I ever, if I, if I ever saw him. But Lee, um, yeah, Lee, obviously Christian Wade, obviously the big news from, from, from this side of the pond, making it to the Bills. Does he make the 53? I don't. I. I mean, I hate to like come on and be negative about someone, you know, British player trying to trying to make his way in the game, mm. but I really think he's got an uphill battle. Um, you know, he's 28 years old. He's coming from a completely different sport. You know, we saw Jared Hayne a couple of years ago, who mm. tried to come from rugby league. Um, obviously, Christian Wade's coming from rugby union, and although rugby is similar in a lot of ways to the NFL and American football, it's not the same. You know, so I think he's got an uphill battle to learn the position, learn the game. And, you know, and then actually make it past someone who's been playing the game for, you know, good 20 years, let's say, mm-hmm. since his childhood, who's younger than him. So, no, I think it's an uphill battle, like I say, for Christian Wade, but the best of luck to him, nonetheless. Does yeah. he come in as a, as a, is he now like classed as a rookie? But now he's like 28. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he, he'll, he'll basically, he'll, he'll sit on a practice squad somewhere, um, uh-huh. possibly in Buffalo. Uh, and he, and he could, he, you never know. He could make it. He could impress in, in the OTAs. But um, yeah, I mean, all the best to him, really. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, I completely agree. I think, like I said, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. He's still got a long way to go. I've seen quite a lot of people sort of celebrating it on social media, and you know that goes from NFL UK, who are obviously like flying the flag over here, yeah. and that goes to fans as well. But I think you know they're they're kind of celebrating a little bit too early. Uh, I think he's got a long way to go yet. Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of thought it quite interesting. I'd, I'd love to be on the other side of the fence, like from an American you know, a team back office perspective where they get allocated these these international players and just be interested to see like kind of what their thoughts are of them. If it's if they're just kind of a like an intern, if you like, and they can just chuck chuck when they want. But they, they, doesn't always, they never seem to, to take them too seriously. They always seem, the odds seemed quite stacked against... Uh, Against some of these uh, international guys that get that get allocated, but uh, you know, one or one or two th- are always going to be the, the special stories that slip through the net and actually make it onto the team. But uh, remains to be seen whether or not uh, Christian Christian Wade uh, is able to be a bill or, or maybe make another NFL team. Uh, we shall <coughs> keep our eyes peeled for that one. Um, talking of someone who's coming back, to Dallas Cowboys will be welcoming back Demarcus Lawrence after he signed a new deal. Um, 105 million, I think, it was over four, or five, uh, five years, I think, which is a great deal for both uh, both teams. But obviously, that was all made um, 
possible because of his the shoulder surgery hanging over Demarcus Lawrence. Um, he's holding that hostage. It's kind of like um, waiting for probation to be finished or like signed <laughs> off, where you're holding like an Excel password and you're not going to give them the Excel password until they sign off uh, your probation. So that's quite interesting. But uh, yeah, an interesting <laughs> angle there to to get the deal done. Good, uh, good, good deal for both sides, uh, Lee. Yeah, I would say so. Obviously, it was pretty vital for Dallas to bring him back, and yeah, got him for a pretty decent price. And uh, yeah, it just kind of cements him there for the next few years, doesn't it? And now you've got Premier Pass Rusher, which is obviously one of the most important aspects of your team. So yeah, no, it's a good good deal for everyone. Yeah, and obviously he'll line up alongside uh, Robert Quinn as well, which should be should be a decent pass rush there for the Cowboys. Uh, talking of signings, literally in the last half hour or so, Austin Safarian Jenkins uh, signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots, and I know there's someone on this podcast uh, who is very happy about that uh, deal. Rob, give us give us give us your happiness. I, I I'm I'm happy not because I'm a Patriots fan because I'm I'm quite the opposite, but <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, because I obviously I, I specialize in the fantasy sports here. Uh, ASJ to the Patriots is a massive, massive deal. And um, I have been suggesting this for the last few weeks. Um, and it's good to see it come to fruition. ASJ is uh, a physical freak. He's, he's an unbelievably talented tight end. He's been wasted uh, in, in Jacksonville and, and in Tampa, New York. He is he has got the skill set um, to to be brilliant, and uh, yeah, step aside, Rob Gronkowski, because uh, ASJ is going to come and fill them shoes uh, very nicely. Yeah, it's quite strange actually, because you think Austin, Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's been around the league a lot. You think he's he's actually older than Antonio Gates, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously had still only like 25, 26 Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Um, but obviously had yeah. overcome alcohol problems and personal problems as well. So hopefully, uh, yep. he, he's been on the straight and narrow for a little while now. Like I say, he, uh, maybe not used to the best of his abilities over there in Jacksonville. Quite liked him in New York. He had he had some relevance, yep. but maybe uh, be interesting to see. Yeah, obviously, it's a one year deal, so who knows? Um, you know, it's not it's not, it's not like exactly built in. Um, you know, security. So we, we just have to see. We know what the Patriots are like as as well. Uh, talking of security, 23 uh, prospects in, have been invited to the NFL draft. Um, you know, obviously thinking that they're they're going first round. So, question to you guys is, uh, Lee, we we'll start with you. Any any in that list that you think won't be drafted on day one and be left at the altar? There's a there's a few that stand out. Um, but number one for me who won't be drafted is Josh Jacobs, the running back from Alabama. Mm. Just don't think a running back is going to go in the first round. Um, I think I can only see one possible spot for him. There was two uh, before the, the Jordan Howard trade to Philadelphia. That was a possibility, uh, but obviously that's kind of ruled that out now. So the only the only possibility that I see, you know, as things stand, is to go into the Raiders in one of those picks in the twenties. Mm. But that's not exactly nailed on because they can probably get him at the end, the, sorry, the start of the second, uh, or possibly even later than that. Um, so yeah, that'd be the one that really stands out for me. Although it's not the only one. No, and I say uh, the one the one thing that always reminds me of is I remember years ago when I was watching uh, the, the draft um, back in the early days, and I always remember Michael Crabtree was sitting there waiting for a little while. Um, I can't, I, I don't know if I've, I've recalled the right person, but I always remember him sitting there just looking like he's chewed a wasp and yeah, <laughs> not getting. Not, always yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the, the twenty three, you know, obviously there's thirty two teams picking in the first round, so you'd hope that all twenty three get picked. But yeah, there's always going to be maybe one or two there that uh, maybe wishing they hadn't turned up and will be a day two, uh, day two selection. But that brings us nicely on from first down into our, our second down play. Second down. 
So, obviously, this is draft season, so this is the second uh, podcast of the month where we are looking at the NFL draft, as uh, Lee's favourite month of the year. So, we're just going to go through, yeah, absolutely. We're going to go through a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers, a couple of tight ends as well, just to to look at what they bring, who they are. Uh, kind of give you a bit more meat on the bone. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not the biggest draft uh, person, so this is more of Lee's uh, Lee's area, especially next week when we go on to defense. But I suppose it makes sense to start with uh, running backs. Um, and I suppose yeah, it's not, it's not a, a highly regarded running back class, is it, Lee? Um, you know, with, with all the running backs here that we've got the, we've got listed down, it's, it's all going to be about the landing spots, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's horses for courses. I think it's a really interesting group. Uh, this running back um, group that we've got, this class that we've got coming up, um, there's no real big star. There's no, no like Saquon Barker, there's no Zeke, there's no Todd Gurley like recent times. Mm. I think we do have a consensus number one in, in Josh Jacobs. Uh, but after that, it's a big group. And like I said, then it becomes horses for courses. And Josh Jacobs, even in that sense, is, is yeah. horses for courses. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends on these pretty much, like I said, there's no, there's no blue chip star. So there's yeah. going to be all committee backs that are coming through this year. And it depends what you want, you know. Then you know that has a massive dictation on on where these guys land. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you say you see the modern day NFL now. You know you don't really get the three down backs, and you get guys that can do this, that, and the other. And you know you get third down backs, guys that can catch out of the backfield, and you know goal line work. And you know it's, it's not all. It's, it's very rarely you're going to get people like Barkley every every year. And the, you know the, these guys here no, that, we, that we've got listed down are, are far short of that. But uh, we'll, we'll start with Josh Jacobs then, Alabama, five foot ten, two hundred sixteen pounds. His metrics don't really jump off the page. His mock draftable were comparisons Jonas Gray and Jonathan Williams. So I think he'd probably <laughs> want to do a bit better than that, uh, to be <laughs> to be quite honest. Mm. But uh, Rob, we'll start with you, Josh Jacobs. What what would teams be getting with with uh, Josh? Do you know what? I do, I, I do watch college football uh, quite intently in in the season. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a guy that I didn't really pay much attention to. Uh, so what I've done the last couple of days is I've watched a lot of tape from all of these guys that we're going to speak about today. Josh Jacobs in particular, and I'm. I must admit, I'm very impressed. Uh, he, he, do you know what? He, he's very elusive in the pass catching, uh, as a pass catching back, as well as a as a runner. He's a bit of an all round guy, mm. and he's got a stutter step which is very reminiscent of a certain Le'Veon Bell. And I'm going to throw it out there that Josh Jacobs is going to be a very good running back in the in the NFL. Um, although I don't think he necessarily goes day one. Lev Bell didn't go day, day one either, remember? Mm-hmm. So uh, Josh Jacobs, for me, is, is a guy that if he hits the right landing spot, he could step up to the next level because he, he is actually really good. He's a really good running back. I'm, I was impressed with the tape that I saw. Mm. Yeah, and it might be worth just mentioning a couple of teams that you know that are, are being needy teams. So Oakland, I've got here Oakland, Tampa Bay and Buffalo for, for 2019. Uh, 2020, maybe looking at teams like Baltimore, um, Houston, Atlanta. As well, so you know there are there are spaces uh, available for, for and yeah that are quite appealing. And Josh Jacobs, I, I've seen in plenty of mock go to Oakland. Um, but actually, when I was reading up about uh, Josh Jacobs uh, today, I, I didn't know he played with most of uh, most of the 2017 season with a broken ankle, which was uh, quite interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah no, I, I certainly agree. When you when you watch him on tape, he he's the most easy on the eye, isn't he? He's probably got the mm. skills that are most transferable um, in, to go into a, to a rookie season, which is obviously why he's top of the list here. But um, yeah, I mean, Lee, any anything? So how, from, how, go on. Sorry. Go no, ahead. no, go on. I was just going to say, how about this for a take then? If uh, Oakland, I agree, Oakland's are going to be probably, we're going to talk about Oakland a lot during this running back segment. But if he falls to day two, 
Is there a possibility that my very own Indianapolis Colts can jump in there with their early pick in the second round? I think they've got the third pick in the second round. Mm. Uh, that could be a very enticing position for Indianapolis, who, as we know, Marlon Mack, yes, had a very good end of the season and looks as if he could be a good, good enough running back. But there was a lot of speak, a lot of talk in the offseason about Le'Veon Bell, about Mark Ingram, about Tevin Coleman. It all sort of built up and it was kind of forgotten that Indianapolis were looking for a running back. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Jay Ajayi went for a visit, kind of stemmed it up a little bit. So maybe Indy are in the vicinity for a running back. And if he falls to day two, that 203 pick, mm-hmm. could be a very interesting spot for Josh Jacobs to go to Indianapolis. And certainly... Uh, I'd be very interested in that. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting one. I tell you, I, until the Jordan Howard deal, I had him in earmarked as at Philadelphia or Oakland in the twenty-four, twenty-five range. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. Say Lee doesn't think he's going to he's going to go uh, in the first round. So Lee, it, I, I suppose if he drops to the second round, there'll be plenty of people that might want to you know want to grab him. Say Colts maybe one of those um, one of those suitors. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's you know he's going to be a bargain in the second round. Really because as Rob said there's plenty of people like Le'Veon Bell who do drop to the second round and, and later mm. who still have great you know careers and are still really effective yeah. um, one thing that, that stands out and Rob did a great assessment of, of Jacobs then as he went through but one thing that I think it really sets Jacobs apart from the rest of the running backs that we might talk about is that he's a really good pass protector yeah. and that's not something you get a lot of times with, with young running backs uh, he's a willing pass protector and he's a bit more than just a speed bump as well so yeah no, he's he's got that all round game he's a good pass catcher and he's got elusive, elusive traits in the open field as Rob said yeah. uh, you know good runner with the ball in his hand uh, you know when he's just taking it on a handoff as well as you know, standard running back behaviour uh, but then obviously he's got that, that pass protection as well which really makes him an all round back yeah, and I say fantasy football as well. He's probably the one that you're you're going to target first uh, in, in drafts, and yeah, he's he's the one, he's the guy that can maybe put points on the board early doors. But yeah, he's 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 also probably one of the the few running backs that could be kind of destination proof. Obviously, if he's going to go in behind David Johnson or you know someone stupid like that, it's not it's not going to work out. But yeah. g- generally, no matter where he lands, should be should be a should be a good investment for uh, for redraft. Yeah, for sure. Least. Um, I think you, you know, you. I think you got the destinations correct. I think it's, you know, it's Oakland. It's uh, uh, who else is in the books? The Bills, uh, maybe the Colts. I mean, I obviously I don't watch the Colts as much as Rob, so I have to sort of bow down to his opinion on it a little bit. Uh, but I think I'd be happy with the Colts backfield if I was if I was the Colts. But you know, mm. like I said, I don't watch them every week. Mm. No, no, that's fair. Uh, okay, let's move on then. So we don't want to spend too too long on Josh Jacobs. If, um, m- m- moving on to Miles Sanders, Penn State, five ten and two hundred and eleven pounds. Quite a lot of these running backs actually five foot five foot ten as well. And I'm actually really annoyed because no matter depending on where you look, they're all different heights and different weights, and it's just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know how, quite know how you. You're supposed to, to to go from player to player, but um, we we digress. We'll, we shall move on. But Miles Sanders, Penn State. Um, could have uh, probably could have benefited from returning to college uh, this year to, to develop, but does have the explosiveness and, and blocking ability as as well. Um, obviously, Barkley that's where Barkley came from as well last season as well. So, uh, Lee, can can he follow in the footsteps of, of Saquon Barkley? Uh, to a certain degree, um, you know, he's like you say, he's got that limited starting experience because of Barkley. Uh, only played that one year properly. Um, but yeah, in, in some senses, I think when he's on song and when he when he plays at his best, he is kind of Barkley-esque, I think, um, which obviously doesn't happen nearly enough, hence why he's not going to be taking number two overall, like Saquon was. But you know, he's got that he's got that power, he's got that change of direction that's really smooth, like 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 Saquon. And he's a really good uh, receiver at the backfield, you know, even lined up as wide receiver at times. 
uh, which obviously is easy back to do as well. So yeah, they are from the same mold, I would say. Mm. Uh, just before we go on to what I'm thinking, uh, just obviously to advise anyone, if they do want to look up like, the measurements and things like that, mock draftable is the best place to look. Yeah. So that's taken from the combine. Yeah. Um, you know, you do get sort of the school numbers that are obviously a little bit inflated all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you go to mock draftable, that's the best place to look. That's the best place I find to look up uh, heights, weights and, and numbers. They're all taken from the combine and uh, pro days. Yeah. Or maybe you can go on to Tinder or something. Maybe some players will be on there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have a case where Kyler Murray is actually five foot eight, but uh, on his pro day, was five foot ten on Tinder. He's six foot five, but who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, Josh Jacobs is a backfield teammate, uh, Damien Harris. Uh, also five foot ten and two hundred and sixteen pounds. Um, Josh Jacobs two point you could say. Um, yeah, mock draftable. Uh, his his nearest comparison was Kareem Hunt, so that's not uh, that's quite a lofty uh, lofty height there. Five point eight yards per carry on his senior year. I know yeah, yards per carry is not a great uh, indicator of production, but uh, you know he can catch the ball, uh, can block well. He's not 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 one for bursting to in, to to get the edge on the outside. But uh, Rob, any any uh, are you a fan, Damien Harris at all? Uh, not particularly. I'd certainly prefer Miles Sanders or, or Josh Jacobs. But one thing about Damon Harris is it, when, when he gets through a hole, it, he's unstoppable. Like he'll burst through a hole and he'll just go. Um, so it, it's pretty key to for Damon Harris to go to a, a, a team that has got a fairly good O-line, uh, someone that can sort of protect him and get him them them holes. Uh, so if he ends up at somewhere like Arizona or somewhere like that, it's, it's <laughs> good, good Um I've personally got him uh, slated down to potentially end up in Buffalo. I know they're not the greatest of teams, uh, but Shady's had some good success there over the last few years. Um, yeah, he, he's had 2,000-plus um, yards uh, seasons, 23 rushing touchdowns. Um, he can certainly get it done. Uh, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, but he's kind of a bit of an all-round guy. Yeah, I, th- I think you're going to get that quite a lot of all these. Um, you know, they're all they're all meddling, aren't they, in, in the middle of a pack, and no one's really going to going to stand out and uh, kind of take the take about a scruff yeah. of the neck. But um, yeah, David Montgomery is another one. Iowa State, another five ten, uh, two hundred twenty-two pounds on this one. Second highest prospect gate grade from the NFL. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but that's what they said. So um, didn't run a, a, a particularly fast forty-yard dash time, four point six three, which is the twenty-eighth percentile. So um, Lee, does that does that hurt his uh, stock at the combine? Well, the fact that he didn't yeah. didn't run brilliantly, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because obviously, you know, in a in a big pack that we've got, as we've been saying with all these running backs, it's things like that that, that you that you need to perform that to make you stand out. And obviously, if you know, if you look at his his uh, graph on mock draft, it's not the best, is it? No, no. I mean, like looking at looking at uh, you know reports and some tape, I, I think he's probably one of the more pro ready running backs. Um, good footwork, yeah. good balance, good power. Um, but say the the combine there, uh, Rob didn't really didn't really help him whatsoever. No, not at all. But yeah, I've got written down here, as you just said, most pro-ready, um, patient and elusive, good cuts, bounces off people. Uh, it's very powerful. And I've got him, you know, a perfect fit would be Tampa Bay uh, to, to grab him on the, on the second day. Yeah. Not bad at all. Uh, moving on then, Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma. He's six foot, so he's taller than all the rest of those guys. Uh, 200, <laughs> 224 pounds as well. He's a big boy. Um yeah, I mean, Rob, I know, I know he's, someone that he, he's someone that you wanted to talk about, but he's high percentages, uh, high, high percentiles across the board. Um, but a bit of an entry history here. Is he maybe just a downhill hammer only? He, this guy, I wanted to speak about him because he, he's very injury prone. He's only played 17 games in yeah. three years. Yeah. Uh, so already there's alarm bells. But I've circled him because this guy could be 
the best running back in this in mm. this group. Yeah, uh, I agree. Especially fast, he's electric. He's a he's a grinding runner back. He's got a powerful burst. I mean, he he could be really, really, really good. He's projected at the moment to go to sort of the top of the fourth, <laughs> is what I'm reading. Um, so I wonder if this is a nice little spot for Kansas City to pick him up, be the replacement for Kareem Hunt. Mm. I quite liked uh, Rodney Anderson to to be the backup for Zeke as well. That could work. I mean, mm. if you if you're projected at the beginning of the fourth. As any team can can pick this guy up, yeah, and he yeah. would be a very very good backup, providing he can stay healthy. Because, like I said, he out of all of these guys, he's he's probably the the most talented. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Now another one as well, Cincinnati. Yeah, they obviously need someone behind Mix, and he, I think he'd he'd learn hell, a hell of a lot years one or two just learning um, behind yeah. someone like those, those those star those star running backs. Pick up a few things and say he he has the talent. Um, and you know he obviously measures well, and say obviously injury history is a bit of a concern as well. But if he's sitting behind someone, he's not going to take all the the rough and tumble. So um, could work out in in his favour. So Rodney Anderson, uh, one of the more interesting prospects there, the running back position. A couple more to, to get through. Darrell Henderson, uh, Memphis, five foot eight, so he's shorter than the rest of the rest of this gang, two hundred and eight pounds. I think that is. I've got written down as my chicken scratches. Seventieth um, percentile, forty yard dash, four point four nine. Um, he, this guy is a is a guy who is, is a small guy, but can he's a home run hitter, isn't he, Lee? Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's one of those players that you'll hear commentators and and analysts say that he can score from anywhere on the field, yeah. uh, which is true. You know, small, nippy, uh, good in space, obviously, because he's elusive because of his size and speed. Uh, he's going to be taking quite a lot of swing passes and screens and taking them for long yardage. Uh, he's got excellent contact balance. Cuts are really sudden. Um, you know, nice agility. Uh, not the greatest in terms of vision when I watch him. I think he kind of has that Trent Richardson syndrome where you can see there's a big mm-hmm. hole and he kind of runs away from it and runs towards contact and mm-hmm. uh, kind of misses things. So vision vision's not the greatest, but you can kind of, you know, you can learn. So sort of when you watch stuff more, uh, you can sort of see the mistakes that you made. And um, yeah, you can sort of kind of like learn from that. So I think, you know, it's something you can improve on to not, you know, not something that I'm too bothered about. Mm. Obviously, his size, a big con, is pass protection. Um, he doesn't have a lot of experience. Memphis didn't ask him to do it, and probably because he's going to be not very good at it because of his size. So um, it's going to be difficult because obviously he's going to come in, he's going to be a committee guy to begin with. And then obviously, if you can't get on the field for pass pro reps, then it's going to be pretty difficult to see the field. It kind of cuts down on your availability, which for young guys like this is a, is a big, big uh, sort of not a red flag, but kind of something that you want to avoid as much as possible. I think the the one thing for me is looking at Daryl Henderson is the stats look fantastic. Nineteen hundred and uh, well, just over nineteen hundred yards last year, twenty two touchdowns. But mm-hmm. actually, when you dig a bit deeper, you see the teams that he played. Uh, they, they were all sort of small schools, um, and in fact, he, they played uh, UCF, who were ranked eighth, and um, I forget the other ranked team they played. It basically they played played three ranked teams all season and they lost all three mm. and he wasn't particularly special in any, either of those games so mm. actually those these stats can be taken with a pinch of salt because the games that he played particularly well in were against the smaller schools where you know he didn't have the big bruising tacklers uh, hitting him so so yeah Darrell Henderson for me is, is one that I'm kind of I'm, I'm a bit on the fence about mm. yeah the level of competition I think is really important to take into consideration because obviously yeah. you know you get these these stats that jump off the page of certain players, but then you got to look. It's you know, it's like Marcus Davenport last year, pass rusher yeah. who went to the Saints. I was really low on him all year because he's beating up on guys who are never going to make it to the league. Uh, you know, the Saints out of their mind traded you know two first rounders basically, or well, a used two first rounders to get him. And uh, you know, he's not been great. 
mm. since he's come into the into the league you know, for the first year. So it's things like that that you've got to be really, really aware of when you're sort of evaluating players and and sort of looking for them to you know where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to trust your scouts, don't you? Because you know you can't you can't you know discount these guys that go to small schools or go to. Oh, team. No, of course not. But you know, obviously, you've got to trust. You, you you've got to take that leap of faith with some of them and uh, and see you know, can they transfer it to the to the NFL because you know you you never know and there'll be some running backs out there that, that have come from small schools that you know if the if the scouts wouldn't have taken a kind of chance on them you, you'll you'll never know but you, you're right if you're if you're a flat track bully uh, like Romelu Lukaku is um, <laughs> a soccer soccer <laughs> soccer uh, comparison there but um, yeah I mean you'll never know unless you unless you try them out so it's always worth it's always worth a gamble in in these later rounds isn't it and whilst you were talking about um, you mentioned Trent Richardson there. And for some reason, I thought he was one of the guys that was on the um, one of the Madden covers, but that was of, of course Peyton Hillis. No, I don't know where well, I don't know where yes. he, I don't yeah, know where yeah. I don't know where he's at anymore. But uh, yeah, if you're listening, if you're listening, Peyton, you're welcome on any time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you might need. T. Rich isn't, isn't welcome though because I'm an Indianapolis fan. He was yeah, <laughs> we wasted a lot of capital on him. So if you're listening, T. Rich, you're not welcome on. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, okay, there are a couple of other running backs we've got down here that we've just quickly glossed over. Lee, we'll, we'll come to you. I'll read them out, and then you just uh, you kind of say, um, you know, if you want if you want to say a piece on them. You've got Divine mm-hmm. Zigbo, who has one of the better names of this this year's class. Uh, Benny, oh yeah, <laughs> ben, Benny Benny Snell and Elijah Holyfield. You said for for bad reasons. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll start with Zigbo. I really like him. I think he's my one of my sleepers for this running back class. I think he's going to go day three. Uh, you know, probably around five or six. Um, but I think it's a really interesting option. Uh, he, he's put some, together some really good games, but they're all very recent. He's played for a long time in college, but um, he's only really been good for one year. Uh, he got over 1,000 yards at seven yards a pot, which is kind of like the benchmark for college running backs. That's, that's what you want to see them running at, seven yards. So it sounds like a lot compared to the NFL, but you've got a, it's a completely different game almost. Yeah. And he scored 12 touchdowns last year. I think he fits uh, his own scheme, which is what Nebraska uh, play, which I think um, makes me think of Houston all the time because they've got a really replaceable running back in Lamar Miller and they, they played zone, uh, running back uh, zone schemes for their running backs for a long time so I think um, yeah easily replaceable and a bargain pickup so find a Zigbo uh, could be a day three bargain mm. there you go and uh, Benny Benny Sun, you want to you want to put some heat on uh, Elijah Holyfield uh, yeah yeah so we start with Holyfield actually yeah I mean you know he was quite high up on my radar um, you know coming into the season obviously he's got the pedigree of you know obviously his dad being a heavyweight boxing champion and you know, you think, well, he's he's going to be, you know, he goes go to a big school like Georgia. He's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be good. You know, you look at his tape, he is good. He runs away from people. And then you get to his mock draftable and it's a circle. It's it's a dot. <laughs> and, you know, he, he just is slow. I mean, how many running backs who you can think are successful run four seven eight? I mean, it doesn't happen, does it? Mm. Uh, you know, and even, even then you think, you know, he didn't even feign a hamstring injury or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is the usual thing that they that they do. Um, you know, explosiveness isn't isn't his forte. Broad jump, fifty uh, six percentile, vertical sixth percentile, which is crazy when you think. You know, he he's obviously trained for this event, and you know, every every player does. But you know, these numbers are outrageous, especially when you consider the pedigree. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I hope he makes it to the NFL because then we can just call him the Dot. That could be a, that'd be a good nickname. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking talking of nicknames, that's, that's a very good segue into uh, the wide receivers, and we will start off with Pringles, Pringles himself, uh, DK Metcalf, talk of the town. Um, no one, no one, no one's really sitting on the fence with this uh, with with this uh, wide receiver uh, from Ole Miss, <laughs> six six foot five, two hundred thirty seven pounds, thirty seven pounds. Um, but no matter what, uh, Rob, no matter what, five years from now, you know, someone's someone's going to be saying, I told you so on DK Metcalf, because they say they're either putting him down or they're, <laughs> they're, they're building him up and building shrines. He's very much a, uh, a boom or bust guy. Well, it takes a, it will take a lot more for me to slate him because I don't I don't ever want to meet him because uh, he looks like he would punch me through a wall. Uh, yeah, absolute <laughs> athletic freak, uh, great hands. He's strong, breaks tackles, long arms. Um, I compared him to DeAndre Hopkins in the way that he can catch a ball. Um, he seems to be able to pluck balls out of nowhere. Uh, he's certainly the highest rated wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, and I think, he, I think he'll go in the back end of the first. Uh, where? I don't know. Don't ask me that question. <laughs> Lee, yeah, I mean, he, he, was the, he was the guy that, that blew up the combine, didn't he? Good pro day, 4 3 3 40. His three cone was the one that was crit- criticised, wasn't it? Um, but is he is he all speed and also you know he's had, he's had injury niggles as well just the two games in 2016 and seven in 2018. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean he, he had a, he had a good supporting cast didn't he? Oh, miss and we'll get to AJ Brown at the moment, but um, you know uh, Demarcus Lodge as well was the other the guy with the, the, the NWO of uh, of college wide receivers. But is he, <laughs> is he is he is this is DK Metcalf just a nine route guy like all speed or is there is there more to his game? See, the thing is, I mean, this is a thing that's leveled at him quite a lot. I mean, I'm a big DK fan. Um, I don't know if I, you know that's come across in our <laughs> previous podcasts and things that I've appeared on. Um, but I, the thing is, Ole Miss's offense runs literally 25 plays. Like that's like, you know, your team probably runs more than that, right? This, this Sunday team that you play for, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's ridiculous for a college offense to to run such a small playbook, and that's what they do. Um, so the thing is, you know. The defensive backs know what's coming, you know, because they've seen it literally a million times before. You know, he, he's not going to go off script and start doing things that he shouldn't do because obviously then he's going to get chewed out by his coach. Mm. You know, he will have to learn a more diverse playbook when he gets to the NFL. He will. And, you know, by all accounts, he's a he's a really hard worker, which obviously you can tell by the way he works out and the, the way he looks. And, and you know, he will have to sort of make this step up. I think he, he's got the attitude by, by what I've heard and what I've read that, to do so. So yeah, you know, at the moment, and probably when he does get into the NFL, he probably will have that sort of real narrow, you know, playbook and route tree that he will run, and he will run nines. But do you know what? He'll beat everyone because he's that big, he's that fast, and you know, he's that physical. Um, you know, he's he's going to be a step up, obviously. Uh, but you know, Megatron didn't run a great route tree, and I'm not comparing him to, yeah. to Megatron. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be that good, but you know, it's potentially there that he possibly could be. Do you know what? I, I can imagine him having a celebration. And if you've watched the Avengers, when Hulk and uh, and Thor uh, go through the building and then he just uh, lays all over, and he just punches him and he just goes miles. I can imagine that happening. <laughs> Matt uh, but just to, just to carry on what you were saying, Ellie, uh, Ole Miss had a pretty rough season last season. Hmm. So for for two of these guys that we're going to talk about now to still be standout players after a down season is sort of a good thing um, because it's easy when you're in a team that's not not playing particularly well uh, to kind of fall off a cliff. Uh, but certainly not the way Decap Metcalf. I know he missed the end of the end of the season with a neck injury, um, 
but to have two of these guys, DK and, and AJ Brown, in this conversation is you know reflects well on Ole Miss despite having a, a rough end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let, let's let's move on to AJ Brown. In six foot one, two hundred thirty pounds. Obviously, DK Metcalf's teammate. Many people's number one uh, on the wide receiver on the boards here. Tall guy who can can also play in the slot. Uh, he also you know he stepped up when uh, Metcalf went down. Um, he's you know the top producer of those three guys over there in Ole Miss. Um, good route runner. Uh, not really a speedster, but uh, lead plenty to like about AJ Brown. Yeah, definitely plenty to like about him for sure. Um, not my top prospect and. This isn't meant to be a slight on AJ Brown at all. He's my sixth wide receiver. That's not because I think AJ Brown's crap. That's because I think there's a lot of good wide receivers in this class. Uh, like you say, yeah, he stepped, stepped up in place of Metcalf when he went down. Um, and yeah, he can play inside now, which is nice. Um, I think he's going to be a big slot in the NFL, which does cut down on his sort of value in the draft. I think he'll go in the second round, uh, maybe the third or fourth wide receiver off the board. Um, yeah, really good contested catchability, nice hands. Um, can run after the catch, can stop on a dime. He's yeah, he's not a burner by any means, you know, but he's he's quick enough. Uh, so yeah, no, a lot, a lot of things to like about AJ Brown. Mm. He's he's a bit of a golden Tate type, isn't he? He's he's not like a yeah. blow the blow the doors off the defense, but um, he's a, he's an all round tight uh, tight end. He's an all round wide receiver, yeah. um, pretty much like golden Tate. You can you can get in around. He's my third wide receiver, just for context um, in, in this in this draft. Mm. So um, a little bit higher than Newley. I am. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's probably because I mean, I just really like a few of these wide receivers. They've really caught my imagination. Um, and like I say, not not a, not a slight on AJ Brown at all that he's my sixth or around there, um, six yeah. or seven. It's just I really like some others, and I do agree with the Golden Tate thing. I mean, even body type and body size, he's just to tick over six foot two twenty five. It's a kind of running back kind of body, which is always the thing that's that's uh, thrown at Golden Tate, isn't it? But yeah, no, I, I really like AJ Brown as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, and talking about one I like, Marquise Brown. Uh, let's visit Hollywood. Uh, 170 pounds, this guy, um, which is by far uh, very, very, uh, very thin. Um, five foot ten, Oklahoma, uh, cousin of Antonio Brown. I don't know if that's hurt his, hurt his draft stock or or, <laughs> or or done any any, any good for it over the last couple of weeks. But um, we shall <laughs> we shall see. But um, yeah, obviously his size and stature is obviously the knock against him. Um, his speed though isn't doubted. Wins wins very quickly off in, in man press, which um, he's always good for. Uh, for the NFL, back-to-back 100 yards, college seasons, uh, 17 touchdowns in 25 games. Um, but he did have Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray throwing him the ball. Any other any other love for Marquise Brown? Uh, yeah, no, no I like him. Oh, sorry, go on, Rob. You go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to say no love from me. I'm going to contradict you because I'm not a massive Hollywood Brown fan. Um, he didn't turn up to the combine. He's injured, I think. Yeah. Um, he needs... The good thing about him is he needs a specific defense to to um, to cover him because he is that good that he can uh, you know blow the top off a, of a defense easily. He's a deep threat. He he can be good, but I don't know if he's NFL ready yet. He's undersized. Do you know? Uh, I think in the off season uh, after the season he was 130 pounds, which is nine stone something. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's ridiculous these big guys in the nfl are just going to eat him up for breakfast so uh, that that's the knock for me yeah. um but yeah sorry Lee, you go ahead no i was gonna say i am actually quite a fan of him he is what he is <laughs> at the end of the day you know he's small he's super small and i think that will knock his value quite considerably um 
you know, and he, he is going to be this one-trick pony. He's just going to be a, a go-around-to-the-top-off-the-defence kind of guy. Although, you know, he will work on slants and stuff like that where he can get the ball in his hands early and he can kind of work his magic in the, the open field. Because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's like any sport. Speed kills and speed scares defenders and, and people who have to go against speed. Um, you know, and I think that's going to be his, his calling card. Uh, he's going to be a Sean Jackson type, you know, and we see guys like that all the time who are successful. Mm. So I think, you know, he's not going to be the most valuable or valued uh, player in the draft, but I think he's definitely got a place in the league. I, I, you know, for what he is, I quite like him. Mm. Yeah, and uh, another couple of uh, players here that were teams will like. Uh, Nikhil Harry, six foot four, two hundred thirteen pounds, Arizona State. Uh, did you know he has a major in women's studies? Now I don't really know what that is, <laughs> but that's what I'd Sounds have thought. Fantastic. I'd, I'd, I'd have thought Rob Gronkowski would be uh, having a major in that. But, uh, maybe <laughs> he a, was the tutor. Yeah, exactly. He was, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Nikhil Harry, uh, middle of the class, really, in everything in terms of combine uh, measurables. Uh, although he did have the, I think he had joint best to twenty seven reps for the uh, for the bench press. But uh, another wide receiver with back to back thousand yard seasons and one of the few durable wide receivers as well actually and and, and really good hands uh, Nikhil Harry Lee I think you like him don't you yeah I do he's my wide receiver too uh, but yeah like you say like a lot of people he's pretty polarizing um you know you get people who are fans of a lot of players and then people who will be complete detractors of the same people um you know like you say uh combine is okay quick enough I think would be, be one to describe him um not burner but his releases are pretty good uh, is a jump ball god. Um, he goes up and gets anything that you throw up there. Um, you know, like I say, he's not a burner, but he is slippery and hard to tackle once he's got the ball in his hands. Plays really hard, really difficult to bring down, fights for extra yards. Uh, and I really like the fact that he can kind of be incorporated in the run game a little bit. I kind of like him uh, a fit for the Ravens is one that I've really, uh, really caught my imagination. I think he can be incorporated into their run game on you know jet sweeps and screens and things like that mm. um, and coming through the backfield. Um, yes, yeah, so I think, you know, with his large catch radius as well, I think he'll serve as a friend to Lamar Jackson, you know, if that does pan out to be the case or, you know, any kind of quarterback who's not super accurate. I think Nikhil Harry can be a real friend to that person. I've, I've got to be a bit careful because I know I'm on a prove it deal here, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna oppose you to again. Uh, Nikhil Harry is actually my uh, wide receiver nine this year. Oh wow! See, that's what I mean. It's like all polarizing this this year. Yeah, it's it's different. How again, watching tape on this guy, he, clearly he loves a back back shoulder pass, and he's, he is very good contested catch, like you said, Lee. But for me, he lacks explosion. Uh, he lacks lacks explosion that was hard to say um and it, uh, to be honest pretty uninspiring and the comp that i the player that i've comped him to actually is josh doxon um which is not a good thing uh so i'm a little bit down on the kill harry but i can be persuaded and yeah we'll, we'll see after the odas what, where, where i stand with that one um just for i've got him going to the lions that's where that's why i had him penned to yeah, now I say it's going to be landing spots for most of these in terms of you know who they who they've got with them and who they're up against and, and depth charts and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but we're going to move on to uh, Hakeem Butler, one of the few guys that's actually taller than DK Metcalf at six foot six, uh, mm-hmm. obviously from Iowa State. Um, he this guy's a physical specimen, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's good at, good at locating the ball and going, just going up to to go and get it. But um, just the one year where he kind of showed showed what he can do with with the production. Uh, and another interesting fact for you, he's got a wingspan that's two inches bigger than uh, Megatron wow yeah I saw um, on Twitter just after the combine I someone sort of said to one of the analysts that I follow 
said, what's uh, what's the sort of comparison for Hakeem Butler's wingspan? And they just replied with a gif of one of the dragons out of uh, Game of Thrones, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, no, he is. He's, he's huge. Uh, that's going to be his calling card, you know, red zone receiver, huge catch radius, huge wingspan, going to go up and get you jump balls for you. Yeah. Uh, a little bit like uh, Mike Williams, actually, for the Chargers. Mm. I think I'd sort of make that comparison. Uh, but no, Hakeem Butler's on, on the rise for me a little bit. Um, you know, like you say, he's only really done it for one year, which is something that I kind of shy away from. I like people with experience. Uh, and Iowa State in the Big 12, playing against Big 12 defences. Again, you have to take that into consideration. It's something that would kind of be a bit of a warning sign for me. But no, I do like him. He's on the rise. Um, he's around that uh, sort of wide receiver six, seven for me, along with AJ Brown. Mm. Um, but no, I do like his, his sort of physical gifts and what he can bring in that regard hmm. you know I, he go, I, he's, no. he's, he's going over for he's went over 22 yards a catch so you know you can't really shy away from it too much but like i say you take some considerations into factor see i i love hakeem butler uh he's my wide receiver too um <laughs> watching watching the tape on this guy go watch the tape on this guy like his special one-handed catches mm. he's got that big playability strong he breaks tackles i've comped him to um potentially i'm not saying he's like for <laughs> like but potentially an obj type character um with the big uh big play that he's got the six five he's huge and he ran a four four eight in the combine i mean that's that's quick that's for good. a big guy um 36 vert and 128 broad um yeah, I've got him penned down to go to New York. Now, don't ask me which one because I've got Jets slash Giants <laughs> written down. I can see him going to both those places. Yeah, but I'm I'm very high on on Hakeem Butler. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if you if you two have got the same notes, but then uh, Rob, you're reading them upside down. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. I think it's brilliant. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's a it's a game of opinions, and you know, it's what you value, how you see things. It's it's really good. To actually, it'd be really boring if we came on with like, yeah, I've got. It's my Royal Two as well. Yeah. I've never been rightly, so um <laughs> probably best to listen to you to be quite honest. <laughs> um just just before we move on to the tight ends, just a couple of other wide receivers to, to roll through. Debo Samuel, one of my favourite guys, South Carolina, um, kind of like a Jarvis Landry, you know, does return slots, possession type receiver. So really excited about where he goes. Uh, Kevin Harmon, um, NC State. He was actually born in Liberia. Interesting fact about Kevin Harmon there for you. Uh, Miles Boykin, quite a lot of buzz around him as well. Six foot four from uh, Notre Dame. I know Rob will come to you for Miles Boykin shortly. Um, Lee, I know you've had a lot of buzz about Paris Campbell, six foot one, Ohio State. Um, but we could go on for mm-hmm. ages. You know, you've got JJ Arcega Whiteside, Andy Isabella from UMass, uh, Riley Ridley. You know, the, the list goes on. But uh, Rob, we'll go, go, go to you first. Do you want to just maybe pick one or two out? Miles Boykin, obviously, you, you're a big Notre Dame fan. Yeah, I am an Notre Dame fan, and so I have seen a lot of Miles Boykin, and obviously this is a, a now biased take, as you've probably uh, established, <laughs> but uh, he's projected to go in uh, late third, fourth round, um, so middle rounds, he's going to be a steal for somebody, just because he he's a specimen, and if you look at his combine, uh, he's a 43.5 vert, which was uh, <laughs> well a lot more than any of the guys that we've spoken about, even even DK Metcalf, um, and also a 140 broad jump, which is much more than everyone else that we've spoken mm, about. Mm. So physically, that's, this guy is incredible. That's um, pushing Byron Jones's record, isn't it? Yeah, the exactly. world, you know, the yeah. world record that Byron Jones set. So that just says a lot about his explosive, you know, qualities. Yeah, and he is. And I think 
Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis. I'm getting my teams mixed up here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Indiana, at least. Uh, Notre Dame. Um, they, they didn't have uh, the quarterbacks last year. Ian Book and um, uh, I forget the who, who started for us last year. Lee, help me out here. Quarterback uh, Brendan Wimbush. I'll answer my own question. Um, I do that a lot. <laughs> uh, we didn't really have a nailed-on uh, quarterback for the whole season, uh, so it was maybe hard to get a chemistry going for Miles Boykin. I think if he had a chemistry, if he had uh, a two at Oh my God, Tua Tagovailoa, or or one of these big guys thrown in the ball. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm I am butt fumbling my way through this uh, to keep with me. Uh, he's, he's a strong and powerful guy, and I, I think he's going to be an absolute steal for someone later on in the draft. There you go, leave me alone, Lee. Take away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you, I think you summed it up. You know, if if uh, someone can harness these physical gifts. Uh, put a bit more polish on Miles Boykin. They could have a, a real player. You know, he's going to be he's going to be uh, day two, day three borderline uh, pick. You know, which is going to be a steal for someone. But that just shows the strength of this class. Like you know, we can go through. And we, we've just mentioned what ten wide receivers between us, and oh, I could yeah. probably name you know another five or six more that you know I think that I think personally are going to be good good players in the league. So mm-hmm. just like I say, says a lot about the strength of the class and means that you're going to get a lot of players down the board who are very, very good uh, You know, in a few, few years' time when yeah. we look back on this class. Mm-hmm. And as we've established, there's a lot of difference between opinions as well. Um, mm. you know, yeah, for sure. They're, they're, these guys are interchangeable. Um, one guy's going to say, you know, this is my favourite receiver and the next guy's going to say, well, he's my 10th. You know, that, that is the beauty of this class. It's very good, very deep and it'll be interesting to see where these guys land um, for the future of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously, all the teams are going to look at it the same way, and all, they're going to have different opinions on it as well. So it's it's going to be, you know, you could get at the end of you know, the first round, you could have a wide receiver taken who you just think, well, that's that's really strange. But that's where the team's board starts to differentiate, and you know, you start to get some wild picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, Miles Boykin um, doesn't go the same way as Jarrett Boykin. I wonder if they're related, actually. Um, former Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Um, yeah, any any other wide receivers for you, Lee? Before we move on. Uh, no, let's move on. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about wide receivers. I mean, like I just said, we could go for another five six, but yeah, let's move on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just comes wide receiver podcast. Yeah, yeah. Only only a couple of really tight ends to to talk about. At the top of the list, obviously, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, it's a couple of Iowa guys here to, to talk about. Top tight end in uh, college football last season. Uh, this guy can do it all. Block catch. Uh, lots lots of people Lee, are excited about TJ. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, like you say, he can block, catch, block. Uh, you know, he can do. You can run over you, run through you, run around you. Um, and yeah, he's he's an all round tight end. He's he's going to be going very high, I think, in the draft. Uh, but again, it, between him and Noah Fant, who obviously is the other top tight end, the other Iowa tight end, it's horses for courses again. Hopkinson's more your traditional, uh, you know, tight end that can block a little bit, whereas Fant's more your sort of modern day tight end who can, you know, just he's just almost like a massive wide receiver mm. uh, so again horses courses I'm excited about both um, I actually have Fant first and Hawkins in second but it's like a cigarette paper kind of thing oh, interesting um, yeah so Rob is, is uh, Noah Fant well obviously he's not he's silver medal but is he the silver medal in the draft no Fant for me is uh, is, is my favourite tight end um, uh, and I think more because of a fantasy sort of thing really because Noah Fant is, is more of the pass catching guy Um one thing we're learning quickly about Iowa is that they're good at two things. That's producing tight ends and producing wrestlers. Um, and <laughs> the, the build of them is very similar. Uh, so George Kittle was the guy who came out of Iowa um, most recently. So there's a good pedigree there for Iowa tight ends. Yeah. Um, so both of them could do well. But for me personally, just from a fantasy 
perspective, really. Um, Noah Fant is, is, is my number one tight end. Interesting. A uh, couple, couple more names to, to go through. Irv Smith is also the other one from Alabama. He's more of a raw guy, isn't he? He's not really played too much, but uh, could be, could be, could turn into a well-rounded tight end. Yeah, he's, he's going to be that, that that diamond in the rough, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a good route runner. Uh, he's an awesome blocker as well. But like you say, just doesn't have the experience. Mm. Um, he, you know, you can look back on Iowa, not Iowa Titans, sorry, Alabama Titans, and you know, you're thinking of people in recent history like. Uh, OJ Howard, uh, and yep. you know that, that's another good school that creates tight ends as well. So it's sort of one of the production line in that sense. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen him mock to the Patriots quite a few times as well. So that'd be interesting. But obviously, uh, with the ASJ stuff, maybe not so much now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but there we go. Uh, a couple of other tight ends to get through: Jay Sternberger, Texas A&M, uh, Caleb Wilson from UCLA, and Josh Oliver from San Jose State. Any other tight ends that anyone wants to talk about and not their own? <laughs> I like Sternberger. Um, he's, you know, he got a bit of a weird route into into the game. He went to Kansas State, wasn't really used. Went to JUCO, killed it, and then went to Texas A&M and then killed it again. So he kind of like went the long way around a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, went for seventeen yards a grab and 10, 10 touchdowns last year, which is great. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those receiving tight ends. For, you know, if Rob wants to talk about fantasy, Jay Sternberg's maybe your, your second uh, sort of modern day tight end, as I, I've been saying. Who you know might be fantasy relevant in a year or two, um, and yeah, yeah. like like Sternberger, he's he's one for me. Uh, one who I like, who's kind of more traditional, who I mentioned in my Dallas article, is Elise Mack from Notre Dame. So maybe yeah. Robert Bell tells more about him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's another guy. I think for me, the tight end is is a tough one coming out of college, just because they don't tend mm-hmm. to get get off the ball running for the first couple of years um, in, in the NFL. Um, but no, I mean, I can't agree more with all what you said there. Jay Sternberg definitely, for me, is is the, the number two guy in terms of fantasy football. Mm, interesting. There you go. Go and uh, scare him on your waiver wires or take him up in drafts. He's probably a guy I'm going to take uh, in second or third rounds. He'll, he'll be a guy that goes under the radar a little bit, uh, in my opinion. But a lot of good yardage there on second down, talking about draft prospects. So it's time to test your NFL knowledge, and it's time for the quiz. <laughs> third down is full 10 questions here on the full 10 yards podcast and it's time to, to we need we need a winner from season one because there's eight or nine people all getting eight out of ten so you know like, like anyone you always need someone to say that they are the best so we're going to try and split them all up and a few different questions but we're also going to time them to, to, just in case we have a yeah, we we have more people on 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 the same score out of ten, but so it's time to bring back a familiar a familiar face. Well, as I say, a familiar voice uh, on the Four Ten Yards podcast. It's been a while, Adam, our resident tipster. Welcome you back in. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been um, a couple of months now. Obviously, since the Super Bowl, I've been trying to have a bit of a hiatus away from the NFL. It's pretty intense for me during the season, to be mm. honest. I'm very busy mm. with it from my website. Um, so yeah, just had a couple of months off. I'll be getting back into it in the next couple of weeks for the draft and figuring out who's going where. Mm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting back into that. Not overly confident on um, this competition today, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you've been out been out of the game for for a month or two, it'd be interesting to see what uh, information you retain. But I, I, I assume you're still spending all that cash we made from last from last year. Oh, I wish. No, that went <laughs> um, that went on a bag of chips on the way home. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Right, so, okay. Well, as, as I'm sure you're aware of the format, it's going to be 10 questions. But in order to get a winner, we are going to time all of our contestants just to give you that extra bit of uh, impetus there and maybe put you a bit, bit more under pressure. So um, without any further ado, Adam, are you ready? Yes. Question one, where do the San Francisco 49ers play their NFL home games? Uh, Levi Stadium. Who is the current head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Carolina running back Christian McCaffrey wears what number? 21. Pittsburgh Steelers took which safety in the first round of the 2018 draft? Uh, uh, Artie Burns. Too many men in the huddle on offense gets how many penalty yards? Uh, five. Which city prior to Los Angeles did the Chargers play in? San Diego. Still call on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question seven. Which team in the NFC South are last contested in a Super Bowl? Uh, the Falcons. Uh, question... 28th. <laughs> Question eight. Name any team that Sam Bradford has played an NFL game for. Uh, that's about half the league. Um, ah, uh, LA Rams. Okay. Which player? Question nine. Which player scored the most touchdowns for Miami Dolphins in 2018? Uh, I would have to go for Kenyon Drake. Okay, and question 10. How many career rushing yards within 500 did Emmett Smith gain? Oh, crap. Um, 22,000. Okay, let's stop. No, definitely won't be 22,000. That's too much. Doesn't matter. Too late. <laughs> right, oh, uh, let's go through those. Very, there's a bit of controversy in these, but we'll go, we'll go through and we'll get to the controversy in a second. How do you think you did? Uh, it's going to be St. Louis Rams, isn't it, instead of LA Rams? We shall, we shall see. Question one, Levi Stadium is San Francisco. That's correct, one out of one. Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals, also correct. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's number 22, not number 21. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and do that now. Uh, question four, Pittsburgh Steelers took uh, Terrell Edmonds in the first round of the 2018. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Artie Burns. I think he was a year before. Um, five yards for uh, too many men in the huddle is correct. San Diego, of course, is Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, as you say, is uh, the last team in the NFC South in the Super Bowl. Sam Bradford uh, is St. Louis Rams, and seeing as you've corrected yourself, I will give it to you. And since you know, I just, I'm just nice like that. So uh, you could have had a, a Minnesota, Arizona, and Philadelphia as well. Um, Kenyon Drake was the most touchdowns for Miami Dolphins in 2018, and career rushing yards, Emmett Smith was 18,355. So not too far away. You were, you know, kind of, you weren't, at least you weren't too low, I suppose, but uh, unfortunately, not. No, not I've got a supposed signed poster on my wall that I looked at, you said it, and I see he's number 22. Ah. So I think that's why I had that in my head. I knew it was a lot, mm. but yeah, uh, as soon as I said 22, I thought that's yeah. way too much. Hey. There you go. Uh, so, so seven out of ten on this occasion, and in minute forty-one, which who knows might be uh, might be might be the deciding factor. Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I definitely got them done quick, and um, I'm annoyed with the McCaffrey thing. Mm. I just I can I still see twenty-one in my head. Obviously, you've Tom not, but hey. Mm. Uh, so yeah, not yeah. too bad. Happy That's enough with that. Seven, yeah, better than uh, better than my performance last week. My shocking performance again, again. But never mind. I, I much prefer. <laughs> you tried to. Uh, no, so I, I much try to redeem asking. yourself and it failed. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, I've, yeah, 
Uh, that's what that's what you get with uh, with Lee. There you go. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> he does do them difficult. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, asking me who who the the head coach was before for John Harbour. I mean, come on. I mean, still, I'm still in diapers over here. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah. Not bitter. I would have no idea. No, not not bitter or anything. But there we go. Anyway. Um, yep, seven no, out of ten. Uh, we, we'll have you on in the next week or so, won't we? Because we're going to be um, it's back round to the draft. So, uh, any any early um, any indications of what you're going to bet on in, on the draft? Anything you like? Uh, obviously, you can't bet on number one pick. That's pointless now. Um, the odds are rubbish on it. Um, possibly there's uh, Hakeem Butler being first round. He he was nearly three to one for that, and I know he tested well at a combine and teams like that. Um, but other than that, I've, I've only had a quick quick skim through, and to be honest, there's not a whole lot there mm. at the moment. Jawan Taylor to be taken by the Jags, I think that was about even. Mm. Um, and he's been mocked there in every mock I've seen. Interesting. Uh, just let me. Oh, uh, Devin White to the books, six to five. Mm. That seems to be gathering a lot of pace. It mm. seems to be fairly, uh, fairly. Um, well thought of at the moment, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So, yeah, there's a couple above even, obviously. The three, three quarterbacks drafted 1 to 10, 11 to 8, not a chance. Mm. Uh, we'll not be taking that one. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's not a, a whole lot of stuff, to be honest. I mean, Unibet had some quite good stuff last year. I got um, a 33 to 1 shot up, and I'll be looking for something like that again. But yeah, at the moment, with my very limited knowledge, uh, not what, but I'll uh, definitely get into it over the next week or so. Mm. Yeah, certainly. So a couple of weeks, we're, I'm sure we'll have another hundred pound uh, mythical challenge for the for the draft that like we did last year. That was a good fun, and we'll we'll get Lee involved as well. Uh, and then yeah, see see how we go. But uh, Adam, Tim, obviously it's been a while since you've been on, so rem- remind the listeners uh, how they can find your stuff. Yeah, I will be on Touchdown Tips at Touchdown Tips on Twitter and tdtips.com. Everything will be on there. And I've done started doing a little bit with Mr. Fix-It Tips, mm. just for a bit more exposure. He's got 20-odd thousand followers. Mm. Uh, I'll be doing stuff for his website as well um, for the draft and for the upcoming season. There you go. Lovely stuff. Uh, that was third down, ladies and gentlemen, so it's time for our fourth down play. Fourth down. Okay, that was third down, just fourth fourth down left to go. And I thought it'd be a good idea, obviously, a lot of news recently, a lot of, um, lot of pillow fighting, isn't there, between a couple of te- different teams here, no, no more so than Antonio Brown, who continues t- to take steps near mental institutions. Um, so I thought I thought we'd just talk about some of the spats that are going on at the moment. Um, we'll start with uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Quite an interesting one, Lee, in the sense that, you know, Antonio Brown, we know he's a bit, un- yeah, he's a bit of a, a mental case, isn't he? Um, uh, I know he listens to the podcast as well. That's how mental he is. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously talking about, it just, just seems like he's really he's bitter. You know, Juju reached out to him, looking into him for guidance back in the back in the day, and um, you know, we, we put a poll out, didn't we, on, on Monday about you know who's the biggest disruption to the team, Antonio Brown, OBJ, or, or Aaron Rodgers, and we will get to him shortly as well. But yeah, I mean, what, do, what do you make of the Antonio Brown stuff? Like, he, is he actually unwell? Yeah, like, what's he doing? <laughs> You know, he the he actually backfired on him, really, I would say, because I think he just made Juju look quite endearing and, yeah. like, you know, quite respectful. Um, and he just kind of distanced himself a little bit, you know, and, and kind of came out on top in every sense, I would say. So I'm not really sure what Antonio Brown's getting out of this. You know, he's got his move, he's got his money. Juju was apparently, you know, all for it and happy for him. Mm. 
you know, and then he's come and taken shots at kind of not the little guy, but you know, an up and coming younger player who he was teammates with, and it just makes him look like a, an idiot. You know, I wanted to say something a bit more stronger, but you know, I don't want to. Yeah, get you to bleep it out. Yeah, I've already had it uh, part of this podcast. I don't do it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's an interesting one, Rob, isn't it? Because you know, he, he took a shot at him saying, obviously, he fumbled in the game against the Saints, which cost him the postseason, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, you know, all this stuff about keeping your emotions off the internet, which uh, you know, not, not many people do these days. But um, I mean, it's weird. It's weird. It's almost as if Antonio Brown, you know, he, he always just has that chip on his shoulder. He always feels irked. It doesn't seem his ego is not getting combed enough. You, you know when you when you grow up and you're always told that you know as a as a lad you, you'll never understand women. Now I, I can definitely agree with that, but I also <laughs> think you could also you know, bring your kids up by saying you'll never understand an NFL player <sighs> because their mentality is so different. <laughs> uh, you know you see all these things that go on and with the NFL players, and you think how what it's a it's bizarre. And Antonio Brown is starting to really do my nutting to be quite honest because mm. he's gone from being one of the most respected receivers in the league possibly of all time because he has been fantastic throughout his career mm. to all of a sudden being like a little baby yeah. um who's sort of picking fights with former teammates and and you know falling out with backroom staff and spitting his dummy out of the pram and it yeah it's, it's starting to get get my nerves a little bit and I'm getting to the point where I hope in that he doesn't do so well in Oakland, mm. um, which I don't think he will, quite honestly, with, with Derek Carr. Um, it's a big downgrade for him. But, yeah, it's just it's, it's silly, it's pointless, and I just wish someone would shake them and say, just grow up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown won, won the, uh, the, the the poll with 80% of the vote, so that just shows you that everyone else is getting annoyed with him as well. But, yeah. It's the Madden cover. That's what it did. It. It's the Madden cover Yeah, last year. Yeah. Goes to your head. <laughs> Goes to your head. Yeah. The thing is, you know what I don't understand about it the, the most is that he started off by, as you said, like I had taken a shot at Juju because he fumbled, you know, in in the, in the what game was it? I can't remember what game it was. Yeah, anyway, it was the Saints. You know, in the Saints game. Because thank you. Um, but Juju already like acknowledged that after the game, he said like it's on me. It's, it's you know we lost the game because of me. Like he just he's kind of like opening up something that doesn't need to be opened mm. uh, Antonio Brown because Juju's not exactly like shying away from it he's sort of manned up about it took it on the mm. chin sort of said yeah it's on me and I'll improve he, mm. like that's being the bigger person mm. you know about something that's, that you've done wrong you yeah. know and now Antonio Brown's sort of like reminded himself of that it's kind of it's silly I don't understand why he's doing it like I say I don't understand what he's getting from it to be honest No let's not forget as well he actually sat out week 17 as well so I'm not quite sure what um what's going on with him but yeah all of a sudden Mike Tomlin is not looking like such a bad guy is he but uh, shout out to Levin Bell actually for, for reaching out you know he also took a shot at AB as well didn't he uh, mm. reaching out to, <laughs> to James Connor. so that was that was quite interesting as well but um, from one from one circus to another let's go over to, to Green Bay now obviously the Bleacher Report between uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Mike McCarthy all the stuff going on there I mean that's a, that's a bedtime story if I've ever seen one but um, yeah that, that's an interesting one as well isn't it it's an interesting season for, for Green Bay next year in terms of you know, if if Green Bay are decent uh, and make the playoffs and make a deep playoff run, it's all going to be Mike McCarthy's fault, isn't it? And they're saying that he should have been sacked ages ago, and Aaron Rodgers was right. But you know, if they fluff their lines and and implode again, it's going to be it's going to look bad on Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? Um, so, and again, this is another one where it's polarizing. No one's really in the middle, but it's it's quite hard to know kind of who to blame because I think it's a bit of both. You know, Aaron Rodgers. It all stemmed from you know when Mike McCarthy took Alex Smith number one overall back in 2005 for the San Francisco 49ers, and even going as far as saying that Alex Smith was better than Aaron Rodgers. So 
for them, Mike McCarthy to, to, to come over to Green Bay and you know, Aaron Rodgers, he was not going to be best pleased, but you've got to be professional about it. Uh, and could, Lee, I suppose it could be the reason why he's only got one ring and Tom Brady's got four, five, six, however many he's got. Yeah, I mean, did Bill Belichick say that Rodgers would have you know that amount if he you know played for the Patriots or if he'd been coached by him? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's a couple of things on this that I want to say. First of all, yeah, you've got to kind of wait and see, and sort of like you said, just sort of see how next season goes, and then sort of draw your conclusions from that. Um, you know, because obviously if it does go all if it all goes well, then it kind of looks bad on McCarthy and Rodgers is kind of in control of the situation in that sense. Um, second of all, it's kind of difficult to see how. Matt LaFleur is going to handle this. Obviously, he's only like four years older than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, if he does have this power struggle and, you know, has this ego that he's sort of portrayed in that article, um, it's going to, it's difficult for me to kind of see Matt, Matt LaFleur sort of getting a handle on that and kind of winning the respect of Aaron Rodgers, unless, you know, there's you know some sort of connectivity there that sort of strikes up straight away. Mm-hmm. Because we do know that Aaron Rodgers holds a grudge, and as it did yeah. say in the article, yeah, but we kind of knew that already. He is yeah. the guy who kind of like doesn't speak to his family because of certain reasons and doesn't like the comes to games and stuff like that. And, you know, he has gone through sort of a bad breakup with, you know, a famous act- actress already and, you know, has got some bad blood there. So we know that Aaron holds grudges, you know, and if if that sort of spills onto his play, you know, and, and means that he doesn't have a great relationship with the floor, um, then, you know, it's going to be bad times for Green Bay coming mm. up. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think it was a situation where they both needed to put their dicks away, didn't they, and, and kind of sort it out when, when <laughs> McCarthy came over to Green Bay. But unfortunately, I think both sides were, were stubborn. But then I suppose you know when you got Mike McCarthy going for massages during uh, game prep meetings on on a Sunday or a Saturday, wherever it is, I, you know, I can understand where Aaron Rodgers is coming from. Um, so that, that's that's also yeah. another interesting wrinkle. Rob, I know you uh, quickly swatted up on the on the article, and I say it's a, it's a good yeah. uh, bedtime story for for your child when uh, you want to put them to sleep. But um, yeah, what did, what did you make of it all? Well, at the end of the day, McCarthy's won what nine nine divisionals um, titles and one Super Bowl, and has also made Aaron Rodgers one of the potential goats. So I don't really know why Aaron Rodgers is sort of having a dig because at the end of the day, he has made him what, what he is. But yeah, I've got to read it properly. I haven't read it properly, so um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the fence at the moment, but. Mm. Um, It'll be interesting this year, definitely, to see uh, what Matt Lafleur brings to the table, what he's going to change, um, how how Rogers going to react. Um, Rogers burned me last year in fantasy football mm. uh, for the first time ever. I took a I took a quarterback in the top five rounds and got absolutely stung by it. So that's not going to happen again this year. So <laughs> thanks for that, Aaron. Uh, yeah. You know, but no, it's um, yeah, it's definitely worth a read. I, I did skim read it earlier, and it was um, definitely something I'm going to take 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 on the toilet with me later. <laughs> that's a very nice thought to end the podcast but yeah <laughs> just uh, yeah I mean you've, you, in the report there you've got people like Jermichael Finley Ryan Grant and, and all the rest of them you know giving their two cents as well and I know they had spats over uh, way way back when as well so you've you got to kind of try and take it with a pinch of salt a little bit because you know mm-hmm. you, you see who's writing it and who's kind of the sources and that kind of stuff as well so you know Aaron Rodgers yeah maybe a bit of a bit of a twat but um <laughs> you know, now you got to bleed yourself out yeah, I know you can say twat what's, what's wrong with twat <laughs> I'm keeping it. There's in. a lot of twats in the NFL. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. But it's interesting, social media and uh, and obviously the, the the World Wide Web being able to get get a bit of insight into all this stuff as well. So um, I'm sure it's not the last we've we've heard. But that's the last we've heard of this podcast. That's four downs. That's ten yards gained. Um, so we will be back next week where we look again at the draft, but on the defensive side of the ball. One of uh, Lee's 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 um, was it Christmas Eve? I suppose. I'm excited. I'm excited, excited. already. 
Well, I'll, uh, I'll let you go and calm down and have a cold shower. And uh, yeah, <laughs> don't forget to get involved with uh, our, our competition on Twitter at Full 10 Yards where you can get yourself a free gift box from my touchdown box. Um, that closes on Monday, so entries uh, on uh, there as well. You can get up to five entries if you follow us on Facebook, on the website as well. Uh, talking on the website, we have all the articles going up for NFC East Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then we'll say we got only a couple of divisions left on that. But uh, Rob, I want to say thank you for, for joining us and say welcome, welcome on board. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you two tonight. I think it was a good show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to coming back next week if you'll have me. Um, <laughs> I must say now, defensively, I'm not the strongest. So I'm going to have to do a lot of research over this weekend. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to take my laptop into the toilet with me as well. And, uh, and... <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's dangerous territory. But, uh, yeah. Just make but, sure you wash your hands. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> before, before and after. Um, but yeah, uh, but but until that time, it's, uh, it's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye everyone. Um, yeah, good debut from Rob. Sorry, just before we go, um, looking forward to having you on board long term. Thanks, Lee. Absolutely, and it's goodbye from me. Thank you all for listening, and we will speak to you all next week. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye bye for now. A bye bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com